Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos, where we present tips, tools, and techniques to help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor at Lokahi Counseling. This channel and the Calming the Chaos podcast is for those who want self-help and education. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. So if you like the information, please subscribe to my channel and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And now, let the chaos begin. episode of Calming the Chaos, I talked to Sarah Lipton, who is an inspirational speaker. She's an author, and she has a podcast called Genuine. She also has a YouTube channel, and she's got 20 years on the mat with meditation. She and I talk about COVID-19 and how we are managing the chaos, and we come up with solutions together about how to calm the chaos of COVID-19. I really hope you enjoy. This was recorded live on YouTube. And so just understand that if you want to see any of the pictures that go along with the music and the videos, just plug into my YouTube channel. I'll put that in the show notes for you. Thanks a lot for listening, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos. That was walking through my life. Just a little piece of it for anybody who's interested at all. That was recorded probably about five years ago. And after that, I went up in a little airplane and I was not walking anymore. I was flying and it was really freaking scary. (laughs) So... But I thought that song would be appropriate for today because we're talking about almost getting to the anniversary of when we had to go into lockdown for COVID-19 and how much chaos that was and that we're already almost a year into this thing and people are still thinking about it. In fact, when I pulled my listeners and asked them, what do you want me to talk about? One of them, Violet, Violet said, talk about COVID and all of these things that happen in everyday life that have changed. And I started thinking about that and then all the other comments poured in and they all relate. So this is what my show is going to be about today is talking about chaos, talking about chaos during the time of COVID pandemic times. And then I'm going to bring up a guest to help me just sort of sort this out. And she is a big fan of chaos 
as am I. And we're fans of it because we embrace it. We embrace it and we breathe into it when it happens. And she's going to talk to you a lot more about that. She has been 20 years on the mat is what she says. And um, she is actually an inspiration to me. And I want to learn to be more like her. She's awesome. So I'm going to bring her up. Her name is Sarah Lipton. And she's going to come up. She's an, she's an author and she is a podcaster. She's got a YouTube channel and she really likes to help people walk through their lives just to lean into what's happening. And I think that's really the, the objective today is to be able to help people to do that. I'm kind of hoping she'll help me do that because it's really difficult for me to lean into my life. I'm going to go ahead and lean into the chat right now and see who's there. Of course, my trusty wrenches, Pastor Mark and my husband, Tim. Thank you. So I see why the number seven. So Pastor Mark wants to say, this podcast is brought to you by the number seven. Is that, is that the way you want, wanted me to say that, Mark? Yes. Give me a thumbs up if that was good or if you wanted me to say something else. Yes, because let us not forget that we just had the Super Bowl yesterday and people are sort of reeling about that. Like, oh, the Patriots won again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Super Bowl MVPs for Tom. The GOAT, right? GOAT. Does anybody know what GOAT stands for? Not like the not like the uh, cloven hoofed animals that roam the earth, but they are. It's something else. The goat. Well, congratulations to Tampa Bay for defeating Bill Belichick. Oh, I mean the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think maybe Pastor Mark and Timmy would like to talk about that a little bit more. And. Maybe they won't. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen, right? JD, JD is here. Thank you for joining us today. I don't know who all is here. I'm, ah, well, I think Sagacious Angel is here, but I'm not really sure. Welcome. And a bunch of chatting from, from Pastor Mark. I, th I think you meant Gronk. Gronk was on fire. Yes. Thank you for sending me that Gronk helmet. I put it down in the man cave yesterday and then Gronk became on fire. Isn't that right, Timmy? Oh, yes. You realize the errors of your ways, Pastor Mark. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yes. Interesting, interesting. Hello, Marilyn Monroe. That rhymes. I am a poet and I know it. I do because I write songs and poetry too. And the other thing I want to talk to you about Sarah is a musician like I am too. We have so many things in common. So yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think you can get that helmet back. Yeah. I think I'm going to keep it. It's lucky here. It is. Every time we put it down in the man cave, Gronk, just explodes and becomes on fire. So, well, Sarah is actually from the East Coast. She is there right now. So it's 
Well, actually, Mark, she's on your time zone. She is in, I believe, it's one of the Virginias, West Virginia or Virginia, but I'll have her, her clarify that, yeah. Okay, so we're gonna be talking about chaos, we're gonna be talking about COVID, but we're also going to be trying to have a little bit of humor. I do have a humorous little film that I'm gonna put in the middle of this, and then Sarah and I will go into how we lean into it. So first we're gonna talk about how it's affected our lives. And then we're gonna take a little break and then we're gonna talk about leaning in and hopefully close up. And it'll be all kumbaya as it usually is here because this is who we are, is kumbaya. <laughs> See that rhyme too. I made it rhyme that time though. <laughs> it's so cheesy, oh my gosh. So it's kind of weird talking to myself. I'm going to go ahead and if I can get a head nod uh, from Sarah to see if you're okay coming up, I will add you to the stream. Welcome, Sarah. Hey. Hi, Tracy. It's so good to see you. Again, I know. I feel like I just met you on Friday. I know. And I'm in <laughs> Vermont, just to be clear. Oh, my gosh. It's very cold here and very snowy. Yes. Tell us about yourself and where you're at so that our listeners will know. And she is just is so interesting. So just please tell us about yourself and what's going on with you. Yeah, sure. So um, I kind of never know where to start answering that question. Um, I live in Vermont. I live very rurally. It's got almost three feet of snow out there. My husband is outside with the two kids sledding down a hill so I can have quiet time to do this. And um, I have over 20 years on the meditation cushion behind me. Um, I'm a writer. I just published my first book. It's called The Harmony of Dissonance. It's really an ancestral inquiry into the process of when we look back at ourselves and our families and where we come from, we can really move ourselves forward into our lives with a, with a real, you know, it really is about navigating chaos, I have to say, this journey back to the ancestors and how we then go forward. Um, but I have a business um, called The Presence Point, through which I've been doing leadership mentoring for many years. But I also have a nonprofit called Genuine. You can kind of, he's back there over that shoulder. <laughs> you can see the sign. I see it. Um, and so through Genuine, um, we have an online community. And we're really looking at the question of how do we connect to be who we are so we can connect to what sparks us and therefore ignite our true impact in the world. And so to support that journey, I have a podcast that I finally launched about a month ago. Um, episode five just dropped on Saturday, uh, an episode where we interviewed um, Sharon Salzberg, for those of you who know her. She's a wonderful, deep, long history in the meditation community. Um, and I really, really, really love talking to people who are also curious about this question of how do we be genuine in the world? How do we show up? How do we navigate chaos? How do we lean into challenge? How do we actually be who we are? Because when we do that, not only is there a lot less personal strife and suffering, but we also can be of benefit in the world. And so that's always been my question. How do we do both? You know, not just be who we are to the detriment of other people, but be who we are so we feel good and so we can actually have impact in our world, on our communities and the larger society. So that's really, I think that's really, you know, I am a child, I'm a, it's over there, that shoulder. Um, I am a beginning cellist. I have a longtime tuba player and music, you know, is one of the many threads that carries through my life. Um, mm -hmm. I would say I'm not really a musician so much as a creative 
and I'm constantly creating. I'm you know, making collages or, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm constantly creating. I can't really help it. But it's partly because I, I'm constantly looking, you know, well, how do we lean in? How do we find our way through struggle and chaos? And, you know, when we started chatting, Tracy, it was this question of, you know, how do you navigate challenge? How do you navigate chaos? And I think the only answer <laughs> is to lean in. Yes, that's what, that is what you're all about. And it, the, the tendency is to, to numb ourselves or to avoid or to distract. And those are all well and good if you need to do those at the time where you need to get things done. But in reality, leaning into it is really more empowering, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. I mean, when we, okay, look, we all have to deal with the total chaos of life all the time. Every day, there's stuff going on. But when we choose to, and I'm, I'm making that really clear that it's we choose to distract ourselves or numb out or, you know, ignore whatever's going on, we're making a choice. And sometimes that's really necessary. Sometimes mm -hmm. it is too much. Sometimes we do need to like lean away from, take a break from, rest, step back but as long as we recognize that that's a choice that we're making, then we can also turn and lean into whatever's going on. Um, I had an experience I could share a couple days ago. Um, you know, I have two tiny children. And for any of your <laughs> listeners and watchers out there who have children, you'll know that it's not always easy. <laughs> and so I was, I was, I just started feeling this sensation in my body. And it was super uncomfortable. And I realized pretty quickly, oh, this is shame. I'm experiencing without a storyline, nothing had happened. I was literally waking up in the morning. I experienced the sensation of shame, you know, that mm -hmm. feeling that like really claustrophobic, you like, I would rather be anywhere kind of feeling. But I leaned into it because of my training. I knew that I could and that I wouldn't die if I did. <laughs> and so I leaned into it and it, was maybe five minutes of total discomfort. And I asked the question, what's next? What do I do with this? And right. over the course of that time, an antidote appeared like magic, but it came out of my belly. <laughs> there was mm -hmm. the sensation of, Oh, love. If I can rouse the sensation mm -hmm. gently, simply not some kind of crazy rainbow thing, just, you know, very simple, like literally opening my heart mm. to the sensation of the shame and the discomfort. Wow. Mm -hmm. Suddenly everything changes. And it did. And it doesn't mean I had a great day. It was still a challenging day, but I had this feeling of yes, empowerment. Mm. I empowered myself to directly face the thing that was challenging and moved through it to another space, a softer space, a place where I could, you know, then relate with <laughs> the crazy kiddo mm -hmm. stuff that was going on, which part of what had to deal with, um, I, I think I told you the fish story the other day, we had a, a six-year-old birthday in my house the other day, and the big wish was for a fish. So we went and got a fish the night before the birthday, and, um, and it died. <laughs> And so we had to wake up on the birthday morning and say, happy birthday. Your fish died. 
lean into that, right? And when you're a six-year-old. But we did a good job. And I think it's because we were willing to face what actually was happening. And she was okay. Kiddo was okay. The little, little kiddo was okay. And we went and got another fish who's still alive, knocking on wood. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm glad. It was alive on Friday. So (laughs) Yes, it's still alive. (laughs) And I think there's this thing that when we ourselves can find and give ourselves the permission to feel whatever we're feeling, then we can move through it mm-hmm. and we can move to the other side. So there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of flexibility, a lot of willingness mm-hmm. to face stuff, yeah. you know, a lot of bravery required, a lot of courage required. But when we rouse that kind of mind, it's a very different thing that happens than when we just give in to the mind that wants to fight or flee or check mm-hmm. out or numb out. Yeah. So yeah. Back to your original question. Very empowering. So many thoughts about that too, because when you said that you were able to feel shame, you must have been doing emotional work beforehand to know how shame feels. Because I know how fear feels. I know how I know how all those emotions feel when they're happening, and yet to be able to lean in and then tune into the the lowest vibrational frequency, if I'm not mistaken, is fear, and the highest is love. And so shame is in there somewhere. So you, what you did was you tuned into a higher vibrational frequency and you were able to lean into something more helpful for you at at the moment, which is, I think what is going to bring us through COVID-19, which we don't want to spoil it too much yet, but I do want to talk about COVID-19 and how it has affected all of our life domains. In fact, here, let me see if I can bring this up. I have actually developed this thing right here, which is the life domain palm tree because I am Hawaiian and I like to be able to, this was, was a, this was developed for an adolescent in the adolescent book for nutrition. So I put school on there, but it could be work as well for adults, but there's these life domains that we have and COVID has pretty much affected every one of them to not a whole lot of social contact boxed in with the people that we are with. And then our family, we can't see them or we have too much of them. There's the financial piece and there's the school work, friends, family piece and mental, emotional stuff that happens during this time. And also spiritual stuff can happen as well, but learning can take place. So I do want to talk about how, Really, as we embark on the anniversary of when we all were locked down, which in my mind, it was Friday the 13th of March, because that's when pretty much we were acknowledging that we are (laughs) in deep doo-doo and we need to lock down. And so we're we're coming up on that that date and we've we've been a year almost into this thing. So how has it affected your life? You're a mom of two little girls. And uh, so, and you're in Vermont, (laughs) which I will remember next time. Sorry about that. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. How has it affected you? Mm -hmm. It's, it's been a journey. (laughs) Um, you know, right before the pandemic, I was getting ready to like launch the podcast, finish the book, get the community going, you know, all of the things. And all of a sudden, Friday the 13th, it was like, oh, Monday, everything's going to be shut and kiddos are going to be home and I'm going to have to just 
stop everything and be with them. And, you know, I feel like the first couple of weeks it was like, all right, we can do this with the sense of school might be back in a couple of weeks. And then after two weeks, it was like, oh crap, we're stuck. Like this is it with us here with nobody else. And so it was really hard. I will not lie. Mm-hmm. It was very, very hard. Well, so, and that's a good point because we all kind of thought it wasn't going to last that long. Well, we'd find out that it was a big conspiracy and people were lying about it. It wasn't really true, that kind of denial thinking. Mm -hmm. And then when did it shift for you to where it's like, oh, wow, this is is real. And there's Mm -hmm. a big paradigm shift on the horizon here because we're going to have to find out a different way of living life. Yeah. Well, I I really think that shift began in like the beginning of the third week of shutdown. And it was probably another couple, two, three months of, huh, how are we going to do this? How do we find a new rhythm? How do we get used to not seeing people? How do we just be by ourselves all the time? We're really fortunate because we do live in this beautiful rural place and we have a massive garden that we could create. And, you know, but it was really, um, it took um, you know, what I was saying earlier, it took that willingness mm-hmm. to lean into it. It was really, really hard. And then we simplified and we just slowed down and we embraced it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was like the more that I was able to do that, the more the kids were able to do that. And, and then over the course of the summer, it was really, you know, there were some beautiful moments and some real, real learning was happening about how we be together as a family and how we, you know, be so isolated, but also simple and outside all the time and all of that. And then, and then it was, then the shift was, Oh, we need to pivot. There's a few pivots that need to happen in the family. My husband needed to stop working his job so he could go towards school. And that was a big, huge left turn for him, which meant I had to turn left and go get a job. And so it's been a lot of left turns, (laughs) not quite in a full circle, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. You keep turning left. You do go in a circle. I wanted to see if, if this is the kind of the mentality that you have about, is it like kind of the quicksand analogy where when you try and struggle against the quicksand, it just draws you down further. And so if you're willing to let go and lean in and relax into whatever your experience is, then it's going to be a lot easier for you eventually and you won't get sucked down. Is that kind of what I'm hearing you say, Sarah? Yeah, I like that metaphor. I hadn't thought of that. Um, Yeah, I think that that's right, because I think that when you struggle and you dig yourself in, you don't see perhaps the resources that might be around you that could either help you pull, you know, like I'm picturing the rope, you know, that you might be able to pull on to get you out of there or the branch that swings by that you could grab or, you know, it's I think, yeah, I think it is the more we struggle. Sometimes we struggle because we're trying to fix it or figure out a new solution. And maybe that's going to lead to something. But I do think more often than not, it's kind of like you have to give up at a certain point mm-hmm. and give yeah. in. I mean, that's the leaning in, like giving in to, huh, this is just what it is. Yeah, that's and then kind of philosophy. Yeah. And then there's a place there, there's a, a space, a slowness, a softness, and maybe even a sense of ease. We've got somebody saying hi to you, Jen Goldman. 
Hi, Jen. Hi, Sarah. I'm so happy that you brought some of your people yeah. over here. Yeah, yeah, we have a small group here and it's really sort of intimate and sometimes it gets more and less, but we we just love everybody. And we haven't had any problems with any chatters. Everybody's really nice to each other. So very, yeah, yeah. Well, so what would you say your most profound lesson has been through this whole process of adjusting to COVID-19? Uh, do you mm. have anything that sticks out in your mind or an experience or a story? I have, I thought of a couple of them for myself today, just, uh, just some highlights. And then I made a little bit of a film, mm. which I was uploading, which is the reason I was late. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. What do you think that your most mm. profound or memorable experience or lesson was through this time or is? Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think it's is because we're so still in it and ongoing. I mean, I do think there's something about surrender, you know, just surrendering to this moment, you know, the, I, I certainly, and I, I go into this in my book a bit, but this sense of, you know, we inherit so much, so many tendencies, so many perspectives, so many burdens often around how to navigate challenge and chaos and change. And I think that one of the things I've been really relying upon is my super long background in meditation. You know, though I may not be able to sit on that, or is it on that shoulder, uh, that shoulder, nice cushion over there very often because of the kiddos, that still infuses my every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I know how to pause and take a deep breath. I know how to feel my body. I know how to be present to whatever's going on, whether it's excruciating and challenging or pleasant and lovely. And so I think there's this quality of being willing to surrender and trust. I think trust is the other half of the equation with surrender. Trust that we have what we need, that we will discern the path forward, and that when we allow ourselves to be and be with whatever's occurring, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll we'll shift and sway and pivot. And, you know, it's it's like the same answer isn't gonna hold true every day. Right. At least not with my kiddos, you know. That's such a gentle, gentle attitude toward things that come that are really super hard because yeah. I, and I don't know if anybody in the chat has anything really tough that they want to kind of pose to Sarah, but she does seem sort of like a Zen master here. It's almost like we have Yoda in my, in my studio. And so we might as well take advantage of that uh, while not, while respecting her limits, of course, You're but if very anybody, kind. <laughs> Well, we can appear Yoda-ish sometimes, but then if we all had thought clouds, you know, like if, if you could just tell, like, where was I going with this thought? You can tell uh, that we're really, you well, know. I think that's, I mean, you know, I'd be happy to answer any questions. I, I don't mind answering anything. I, I will say, like, I think that, you know, there is no such thing as perfection. We just have to be genuine. We just have to be who we are and it's going to be messy. Yeah, it's going to be challenging. Reality accept that reality that there is no perfection. I know there's a lot of my clients who really want to work toward that still. And we have to diffuse that. Rea the reality is, is it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be perfectly imperfect is one of the phrases I've heard yeah, as well. Sure. Sure. And oh my gosh, what a relief when we finally let go of the perfection game. 
Yeah. Oh, right. It's just like, let that drop away. Like that's part of surrender. Like just let it go. Like it's not worth it. It's not going to happen and it's not worth it. And if we can embrace that messy, you know, figure it out on the fly, see to your pants kind of thing, then there will be some ease in there, mm-hmm. even if it's not what we thought it was going to be. Or even if, you know, we do do a big left turn or a right turn or, a, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I've really been struggling with is just the staggering, the numbers, when they put the numbers on the news of people who have actually died from, yeah. from COVID-19. And I've, I've really struggled with, with that, with just that reality that so many people have died. And to lean into that has been something that I've had to do because it, for, for one, I could deny it and say, well, they might be just doing this for, to, to get people scared or, or for some sort of, of purpose. And it's not really true. And then, yeah, but I continue to see the numbers go up. I continue to see that people are getting infected and dying with, with this. And yes, we are in a pandemic. It's been really hard for me to lean into that. Can you share a little bit about what you think and how you've been coping with that? Cause I know it's probably a universal concern that people are, are looking at at this point. Absolutely. I mean, I think something that has been really hard this year is, you know, not just with the pandemic, but also the political stuff. I mean, it's like everywhere we turn, the news is so relentless and overwhelming. And so what I fall back on all the time is compassion. You know, it's not just empathy. It's not just like putting empathy out there because there's a real burnout that can happen with that. But it's compassion. It's an active moment of feeling the staggering heartbreak of what's happened for so many families. I mean, countless, we can't, I can't, I cannot conceive of how many people have lost their lives and how many other people have been affected because of that. Mm -hmm. But I can feel, I can, it's the same thing I described earlier. It's that same sense of feeling the sensation in your body whatever it is, whether it's shame, whether it's grief, whether it's sadness, whether it's fear, feeling that sensation and actually being willing to breathe with it. And then the out breath Mm -hmm. is an offering of balm, Mm -hmm. an offering of a soothing, you know, a soothing sense. There's uh, a really beautiful practice. My long background in Shambhala Buddhist meditation is it's a Tibetan um, Buddhist Um, lineage. And so there's this beautiful old uh, Tibetan Buddhist practice called Tonglen, Mm -hmm. where you literally breathe in the suffering of others or yourself and you feel it. And then with the out breath, you offer compassion. You literally offer compassion out. And so it's, it is, it's a transformative practice because you're breathing in, you're willing to step in and breathe in what feels insane to breathe in right mm-hmm. we think like it's the opposite of what we're taught in the western society but we are willing to actually step into that because then what we offer out is compassion and that shifts our own experience with it so we're not just like you know su- suffocating in all of the heartbreak but we're moving mm-hmm. with it and moving through it and we can offer that compassion out we can offer you know it's love is another way to say it i mean compassion is a beautiful word it means with love you know it's it's we're bringing that love in and we're offering it out it's mm-hmm. i would not recommend 
unless you have a meditation practice already well-established, I would not recommend just trying to do that all the time because it can be very uh, like overwhelming and intense. But I would recommend if you find yourself you know, looking at the numbers and watching the news or listening to the news and or reading something and feeling that sense of overwhelm, Mm -hmm. the breath is there for you and your body will know what to do with it. And you can move through that moment to the next moment and then extend your love out. Yeah, I've heard of it the opposite way, which is interesting. Uh, Breathing in, say, love and breathing out fear and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. But what you're saying is, I think it can work both ways, of course, but Mm -hmm. you're saying, though, that actually embracing and breathing in, like I think Marilyn Monroe was saying that her son, I'm just going to put this comment up here, works in a nursery and he got COVID at age 29 and the dread and anxiety she felt. So in her situation, she, if she were a practiced person or if if she wanted to try this or whatever, breathing, just breathing into that dread and anxiety, knowing how it feels in your, in your body. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what I like to do, cause I'm a hypnotherapist. I like to mm-hmm. visualize something coming into my body and kind of clearing that out. But then mm-hmm. what you're saying, I think this is a cool practice is to breathe what we want to offer the universe, yeah, whatever that a, might be. It's an out. It's, you know, it, for me, this is the gesture. It's a, we, we come in, we breathe and we be into our experience, you know, and then we, extend our expression then is an offering out into the world. What do we want to offer out? Do we want to offer out our fear and anxiety? Probably not. I mean, is it going to be helpful to anybody? Probably not. Is it going to be helpful to us? Probably not. Mm -hmm. But what if we allow ourselves the opportunity, again, takes bravery, willingness, courage to breathe in the anxiety, be with it, and then offer out the balm to that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I see that you're offering a lot out in your, well, you're a podcaster, you're a writer, you're a creator, I will say musical creator as well. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so, so, and what we do with our medicine, this is what I call our medicine. We all have our own medicine, not just you and I, uh, Sarah, but the pastor Mark and my husband, Timmy and everybody in this chat and souls and and people throughout this uh, this universe that we're in we all have our own medicine that we can offer out mm-hmm. yeah part of it is just discovering what it is i think huh oh yeah well again that's that's what happens when we do this inquiry we look in you know i think our our society tells us all the time to look out first you know what do you want to be out there you know what's shiny what's new what's flashy you know you need money for it whatever like all this it's materialism essentially mm-hmm. and so if we see that that's not really going to be the right answer then we can start by looking in and discern what's in here that wants to come out and then again you know do that in a way that feels good right right so jd is willing to try this next time she so there's anxiety right there's worry there's fear there's anxiety people get anxiety and there's a lot of of anxiety going around these days we're in a pandemic totally our lives have changed in fact one of the things i was going to say as far as our experiences through this this covid was well one of them was seeing the numbers the other one was just the amount of fear that we had going into it about just like coming into contact with other people, we had to have our roof replaced during mm-hmm. the early, like mm-hmm. April mm-hmm. of the pandemic. And 
I really didn't know what, how to handle some of the things like there was a worker who wanted to come through our house so that they could uh, clean off the back deck. And mm -hmm. I said, no, thank you. This is a funny mm -hmm. story. Actually. I said, no, thank you. I can handle it. So I go out there in my socks, which is a stupid thing to do. And I'm going to sweep up whatever crap they have out there. And I step on a rusty nail. Oh. My last tetanus shot was more than 10 years ago. So guess what I had to do? I had to go into the clinic and then, oh. yeah, I had to get my temperature taken like three or 4,000 times and go and get my tetanus shot. And then this was the wild thing, Sarah, is the doctor came in, he wasn't wearing a mask and he asked to see the wound. So I took off my sock. I was wearing a mask, right? I took off my sock. I showed him the bottom of my foot and he just grabbed it with his bare hands. And I'm like, like, I was, I was, there was so talk about chaos right there. Mm. I'm like, I could have probably avoided it if I would have leaned mm. into the experience of having the construction worker come through my house in the first oh, place. It's just yeah. wild for me to think about that. So that's yeah. one big marker. That's one of my COVID stories I like to tell. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh man, that's intense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, we notice when, when we, going back to what I was saying earlier about a choice, you know, when we, can recognize that we have a choice. I think that's where we begin to liberate ourselves because what happens, and I'm sure you know this in your own work, we get locked into habitual patterns. This is like basic Buddhism 101. Like we get locked into the habitual patterns of how we react to things, how we think about things, how we even feel about things. And we don't necessarily do the work to dig below that to see oh, that's just a habitual pattern. Yeah. That's not actually me. That's not mm -hmm. actually how I may be feeling. And so I think the anxiety is this overlayer. Mm -hmm. And I think below the anxiety often is fear and sadness, discomfort, you know, very basic, in a way, basic stuff. And so when we can allow ourselves in whatever way we make sense for us, whether it's through meditation practice or, you know, whatever kind of resources we have um, available to us, when we can begin to become more familiar with our minds and our patterns, then we can start to see, oh, that anxiety that's covering everything right now is really just covering the fact that everything's uncomfortable and I don't want to lean into it. I'm afraid of this worker coming through my house, so I'm going to go do this whole crazy other thing mm -hmm. that's going <laughs> to lead to a wild amount of problems. It really was a, a, a big pivotal point for me. And just to be able to say, yeah, when when th so then I developed this philosophy of whatever comes my way comes my way and I'm not going to be afraid of it sort of thing. And because that was just again it happened really early in the pandemic for me and I just said I refuse to be afraid of this mm -hmm. and I'm going to take precautions as I as I should and as I can. But there was one time, another time that comes to my mind where there was, you know, those little sheets that, that you put on the toilets, you know, and so here mm -hmm. I am with my mask and all this stuff. And this was early on in the pandemic, too. And they didn't have any of these sheets. And in, in the, in the, so I made one, <laughs> made one myself out of toilet paper, which was a precious commodity back then, you remember, right? <laughs> we thought we were going to run out and people were stock, stockpiling mm -hmm. it. And then one of them slipped off into the toilet. So I have like one butt, bare butt cheek on, on the toilet. And I'm just like, ah, I'm going to catch the COVID from the toilet. You know, that whole thought. And, it was like, and then I was like, 
mm, okay, I told myself I was going to, whatever happens is going to be happening and I'm going to be okay. It's going to be a little uncomfortable, but I just sort of breathed into it. Just kind of like what you said, it was still really uncomfortable. Sure. And I survived. Yeah. I never got COVID and I haven't gotten it and I, I don't intend to. And I, I think my mindset is that if I do get it, I, I know my mindset is, is if I do get it, I'm going to recover from it and it's not going to permanently debilitate me. I have to have that mindset about it because, and, and I don't know what your thoughts about this are, but I think we'll segue into the, like, what do you think about the people who have died? Possibly they have underlying health conditions, but do you think that possibly it could be related to some sort of fear or emotional challenges as well, that it could make it worse? COVID get, getting it. Cause I know COVID is a real thing and it's out there, but do you think us fearing it could make it worse? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, like I expecting this big old response from you. Like, I just, I, I think, I mean, I think in general, when we are afraid and we buy into the fear, we do solidify into it mm. instead of recognizing, oh, I'm laying a whole other layer over here of fear and really underneath I'm sick. And if I layer over the, you know, overlay the fear to that, then it's like, yeah, we, we cause a lot more problems for ourselves. But I also know that there are just, you know, it, it seems to just be a rampaging disease that, you know, hits people in different ways. I have friends who've, and, and family members who've been sick with the, not, really local in Vermont, but I do have fam friends and family who've been sick and they've been sick at all varying levels of it. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know that there's one prescriptive answer to your question, but I do know that when we work with our minds mm -hmm. and become familiar with our patterns around anxiety and fear and understand that we can do something about that, then we support ourselves. And I do know from my own experience that when I do work with, instead of avoid or ignore or try to, you know, cover over the anxiety and fear, when I work with it, I do feel better. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, do think painful, there's painful in the moment, but you're yeah. building muscles. It's like working yeah. out your yeah. mind. So I, I don't know that that's a prescription for dealing with COVID particularly, but I do know that's a prescription for dealing with life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, let me check the chat and see if there's any questions mm -hmm. here. JD is saying something about uh, for uh, her, she's got a 15 year old, I guess. Uh, oh yeah. And we were talking about this this morning, JD, we were talking about, it's been over a year since I've been to the dentist <laughs> and Timmy was like, yeah, it's been that long for me too. So you get notifications that your 15 year old needs a dental check and she feels bad for not taking him, but she's too afraid because you know, and you are going to be masked, but okay, there's going to be somebody with their mouth open. Let's just be mm -hmm. real about this, right? So it's the person in the chair is going to have their mouth open. And so, yeah, what what do you say about that kind of thing? Like, these are things that work, like for me, uh, in my hair, right? You see this, this hair? Uh, I have cut it, I've learned how to cut it myself through this whole COVID stuff. And I could learn to maybe clean my own teeth. I don't know. I'm thinking like, what is the big deal? Do I have to go to a hairdresser? No, I'm never going to visit one ever again in my life. Well, I, I, I can't say never. Now I'm going to be, now I'm going to be jinxed because I said never, but my intention is I'm going to try my best to continue to cut my hair. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
yeah, the dentist is kind of the same thing. Like, can we get along without it? And, and, and what do we do? Are we making the right decisions? Are we being a good mom? Because we're saying, well, I think we're going to hold off 15 year old. <laughs> what are your thoughts about JD's comment? I, I do think it's a matter of degree. You know, if the, I just, I saw that new comment about guilty. <laughs> I, you know, I think notice that you feel guilty and then let it go. Like, I think we have to honor the fact that there's a pandemic and let's be smart about it. And maybe it'd be fine to go to the dentist and maybe it's just better to wait. And I think it's, mm -hmm. you have to just lean in. It's, it's this, um, this, one of my favorite words around this is discernment. You know, so we notice we can lean in and discern, is this the right thing to do? Or is it not the right thing to do? And we have to just weigh out what, you know, does it feel better to stay safe and not go if there's no problems? Yeah. Great, then don't go and don't feel guilty about it. It'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah, there, there's this such a thing as intuition that I love teaching my clients how to do mm -hmm. your true yes and your true no. And just to be able to know that this is what our ancestors did when they walked on hot coals they knew whether or not they would get their feet burned because of the way they felt yeah. uh, in their bodies, in their physical mm -hmm. bodies. So you had said when we talked on Friday to lean in and find what feels good in, in your own self. It's maybe your yes is not going to be mine or right. JD's and or anybody else's, but to lean into what's true for you. Yes. And again, just notice, you know, sure, we're going to feel guilty. I mean, that's like part of our DNA as mothers, I think, and yeah. fathers. But we can notice that and we don't have to be hampered by that. We don't have to just drag mm -hmm. the guilt around with us. You know, it's like baggage that we can actually like take off, look at and put down. Right, right. I have a comment here. Oops, not by... Um, Jen, it was Jen. And so this is uh, comments like this are reassuring and affirming and validating to JD's concerns. Uh, she says, don't the sister in law is a nurse. She says, don't go to a dentist unless it's urgent, like a root canal. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's true, too. I would have never gone to the the dock on the block is what I like to call them. If I hadn't had something that was potentially life, life threatening, but for teeth cleaning, I'm not going to go in there until people figure things out for routine cleaning. So I appreciate that. The comments like that are helpful for, for people who are struggling. And then what Sarah, you're saying is just to notice that that's a guilt, that this is uh, very understandable that a mother would feel that way. And what are you going to do with that? Lean into it. Yeah. I hope that, I hope that helps. I've got a comment here from Marilyn Monroe. Oh, so this was the same son then that uh, son had COVID. Mm. Uh, I also work at a school and my youngest, I am homeschooling. He has autism. <laughs> I made the choice to not go to work and stay at home with my son. My intuition told me it was right. Yeah. So Marilyn, if you know how that true yes feels, it's going to help you out so much in your life to where it's like, do I want to step forward or do I want to do I not? And uh, so good for you. Yeah. School. You've been affected by the school situation. Haven't you, Sarah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, our school, you know, clearly closed it back a year ago in March and then um, reopened in September, which was miraculous. I have to say a kindergartner and a preschooler and um Poof, yeah, big relief. No kidding. <laughs> when they can go back to school. But then it was closed again for the month of December. They were doing um, 
HVAC repair, which was great because that means they're now they're back and they're safe. But uh, that month of December was long. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I'll bet. And so with, with your two little ones at, at home, you're going to, they're, they're actually back at school now. And then I think in Washington state, they're going to like a hybrid program mm-hmm. where they can go two or three days a week and then have a week off. So they're gradually shifting them back in, in, in our state. So mm-hmm. I was so happy to hear that. And um, yeah. I don't know what, uh, what, where Marilyn Monroe mm-hmm. is. And yet it sounds like she's dealing with, I'll put this back up here, a variety of different challenges. Mm -hmm. And so she had a son with COVID, works in a school, homeschooling, autism, staying home. I mean, this is the epitome of what sort of adjustments that we have had to make. And she goes with her intuition uh, and she says, it told me it's right. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if she's feeling the effects of that decision to where it's just like, this is my choice. And now it's really, really feeling, feeling right here too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. JD wants to thank you for, for your input for, for that uh, on guilt for sure. And um, mm-hmm. I will just uh, ring the dentist and let them know my thoughts and let go of the guilt. So yeah, do that. Just do that. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great idea, right? <laughs> that seems like a simple one. I think, you know, when it comes to, you know, leaning into the question of do we stay home or do we go to work or how do we shift, you know, it w- that that all happened in my family and, and the decision of my husband to stop working so he could stay home and do his own schooling. So mm-hmm. he's available for the kiddos so I can do my work and business and you know, we just have to like, these things keep changing and we just have to lean in and figure out. I mean, I'm sorry. I keep saying the word lean in. I feel like I'm on a broken (laughs) record. Find out, figure out what feels good for you and, and, you know, trust it. Yeah. I think nobody else has the answer. Like, I think that's part of what I'm kind of driving at. Like nobody Mm -hmm. else literally has the answer. There is no such thing as the answer. And so Mm -hmm. we all have to discern for ourselves what's going to feel right in this moment, in this situation, and then notice the places where we're holding on to guilt or shame or fear that's just squanching our ability to be present. I love that that word squanching, by the way. Um, (laughs) I'm going to, so I'm going to go ahead and play a, uh, a video about the highlights. These are all pictures that are taken through the pandemic. And uh, so let's just take a listen to kind of some of the ways that we experienced it. Let's see if I can get this to work here. Oh, no. I'm not recording thing, not you. I don't know if this is things this thing's gonna explode or what.
Don't you have a harmonic? I feel like I'm so bossy sometimes. <laughs> I just love that because it helps me to remember that we kept doing things through mm -hmm. it all. We really did. And we had Christmas, we had Thanksgiving, we had Halloween, we had that thong underwear mask that my, my uh, husband made. <laughs> we had, uh, you know, it wasn't all that bad there was a lot of pain but there was a lot of really good mm -hmm. joyful stuff and you know for me and i i want to i really want to ask you this because i'm curious do you find that it's hard to lean into joy and and um and happiness at all uh because for me it's painful to do that like mm. just watching that was kind of painful for me even though it was supposed to be a really like a happy kind of thing you know with my husband reading his aarp he turned 50 during the pand pandemic, he was reading an AARP magazine that one of our wonderful friends had given him. He was wearing a thong on his head. He was baking cookies. You know, why does, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm having this reaction <laughs> to that, to my own video. Dang it. Yeah. Do you find that it's hard to breathe into joy? I think that it's hard when we are unaccustomed to letting ourselves feel whatever we're feeling. Yeah. I think that it's natural to, you know, it's like how our brains are hardwired. We're hardwired to believe the storylines that are more painful. Yeah. When in fact, joy, beauty, love, enjoyment, pleasure, these are also things that are hardwired into us. And so I think what happens is because we believe the storylines around fear and sadness and heartbreak and those, those speak louder, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, we become familiar, we become habituated to listening to those storylines as opposed to enjoying the moments you know, like for instance, I have this, the sunshine is just like yeah. blasting in right now and it's so beautiful. And so because I've learned over the years to just notice mo little moments of joy and delight, then there's a sustenance there for me. Like the golden strip of sunlight on my wall is like, ah, like there's a, you know, relief that I feel in that moment. And so I think what we can start to do as we begin to become familiar with how our minds operate is we can start to notice those sparks, you know, and start to pay attention and keep track. You know, I often tell clients, keep a spark journal, hmm. you know, like literally get a journal and just like write down the things that sparked you that day, because the more we attune ourselves and remember to pay attention and honor and enjoy those little spark moments, the more we notice them. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, and I like the spark moments. I've, I've used the analogy of it's kind of like the way squirrels store up nuts for the winter. They, yeah. yeah, every, all those moments, like I'm just looking. And the cool thing is, is that this is being recorded. So anytime I want to see that patch of light in your mm -hmm. palm tree in the back there, <laughs> I can come back and I could just pause it and I can just go, Wow, breathe in that Vermont sunshine and knowing that there's two feet of snow on the ground, your kids are out there, you know, sledding or whatever they're doing. It's just, it's just great to see. 
It's it's awesome. I I really appreciate you coming on mm. today. I don't know if anybody else has any questions or anything, but uh, uh, we we did have a question from Lila about uh, the toilet seat. <laughs> she said, uh, "Ha ha! Is the toilet for visitors to come and distance outside at your house? <laughs> you still use the facilities." So what we did was uh, we remodeled our one of our bathrooms, and in the process had had to move the toilet out to do the flooring. And it was kind of cool because I had posted on that picture on Facebook, and I'd said, "Welcome to our redneck toilet, complete with hose bidet." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Lila, the toilet is back in the bathroom where it belongs. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, the actually the water would probably be frozen at, by this by this point in time. So, so yeah, it's uh, it was. Um, it is a good year. I don't know if, if you had anything else you wanted to share. I'm going to be putting, I put the links in the description to your website. Thank you. But I don't know where to where to get your book because I looked for it on Amazon. Is it on Amazon? Not yet. Okay. Okay. It's How on do they website. get your book if, they want, if they're website. interested in your book? Oh, on yes. your website. SarahLipton.com. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see if I can actually do this here um, because I am pretty new at this, but I'm going to do this anyway. So Sarah Lipton, authors, yeah. speakers, strategists. Let me see if I can post this in the chat here. And then also she has her podcast and it's called Genuine. Yep. And that's the link to that is on my website as well. And that's on your website. So everything kind of, that's the kind of the way I do things too, is I put everything to the website. Some people may want that. And so that is to her podcast, which is also on her, her website. So, yeah. Are there any parting thoughts that you'd like to, to embark on us or anything that you'd like to tell the audience about chaos or about calming it or about breathing into it? Anything else that you're, you're thinking about? Sarah? Yeah, sure. I think really the, the main thing I hope to impart today is that you do already have what you need. And you do already have the ability to trust your experience and to lean in and to be who you are, connect innately to what you need to move through every moment. And that's how we work with chaos. Yeah. It really is that simple that we can lean into it. I never have to do a live stream or a podcast now ever again. Thanks to you, Sarah, right? That's, that's it. This is golden. It's evergreen. <laughs> that is the answer. We've got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I well, do we keep forgetting. So we have to keep coming back to that again and again. <laughs> That's true. Because then we freak out and then we're like, what the heck? There was a solution. I forgot it. Now I'm going to yeah. have to listen to this replay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos. If the information in today's podcast was helpful, please consider subscribing and share it with your friends. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. You can also go to my website at www.lokahicounseling.com for more resources for calming your mental and emotional chaos. This includes a CD I created that teaches you how to practice mindfulness in less than 10 minutes. So check it out. Thanks again for listening. And I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.